Welcome to our first pop-up episode of Inbound 18. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and with me is fellow panda, Tasha Del Bianco. How are you, Tasha? Well, I'm good, thanks, Moby. Well, it's good to have you. Good to have someone else's voice apart from mine. So for the third year in a row, we'll be bringing you daily highlights, um, expert interviews, and a whole lot more. Kind of like our daily wrap-up, if you will. So today we had Partner Day. Now, for everyone listening who doesn't know, Partner Day is a day where uh, it's it's usually done the day of or the day before. Um, the actual uh, public, I guess, inbound is we have all the partners around the world there. HubSpot invites us all, indoctrinates us and brainwashes us with everything orange. No, not really. It's, it's, it's all great stuff. It's sort of you know, HubSpot-related updates, business advice, marketing expertise, you know, uh, things like bots, SEO, you name it. Um, but anyway, so this year, Tasha, they had some really cool updates. And I honestly have to say, and this is not just because I'm some sort of vacuum, honestly, the most impressive round of updates at a partner day ever. So I want to start with reporting. So Tasha, why don't you sort of explain um, to the listeners a problem that you've had with reporting that a lot of other people have had as well in the past with HubSpot. Yeah, sure. So I guess a lot of our clients are on Marketing Pro and we've used a bunch of custom contact properties to help them in their um, lead statuses and it might be different locations, for example, some clients with uh, courses, for example. Different products. Products. It's going to be different. Exactly. And I guess the massive problem we've been finding is that there's no real way to report on those custom properties. Uh, there is with the reporting add-ons, but that was the pain is why do we have to pay all this extra money to see our data, see see our custom reporting basically. So one of the um, awesome announcements is that HubSpot reporting is now becoming available for marketing pro users. And those are those custom reports that you would normally see within the reporting add-on but now we're going to see them for free in our uh, Marketing Pro dashboards. See, this this proves to me if you complain enough about anything, yeah. um, <laughs> companies will eventually bend their will. So this is something that people have been complaining about for a long time. I mean, you can imagine as an agency like us, you know, you, you sell the idea of inbound, you get HubSpot in, and then you have to explain to the client, hey, you're going to have to pay an extra 270 Australian dollars anyway to be able to see your own data. So it was a tough sell. Um, so this is this is really awesome. So it finally means you know, lot like you say, Tasha. Obviously, you know, you have a lot of custom properties. So, I mean, HubSpot's out of the box reports are okay, and it's actually quite funny because I think just the last uh, episode we released of Inbound Buzz, um, we spoke about HubSpot reporting, and then now that's actually out of date because now they've released these new updates. But um, the problem with, with it, it that, that it's always been is the reports are okay. So you can see like visitors, leads, customers. But say you want to see visitors, leads, customers for one product, or say you want, you know, you want to see um, the lead statuses. So we create lead statuses for our clients. So you know, from new to customer and all the steps in between. You want to see that just for one region or a sales rep, um, like you say, Tash, their custom property, so you can report on them before. So it's awesome. I, with Pro, I think now you get uh, one dashboard, yep. uh, twenty-five custom reports. With enterprise, it's twenty-five dashboards and five hundred reports. And this—it took me a while to get my head around this, but you can have a report without a dashboard. So you can have a dashboard, but then you can also have—you know—say for example, I think at some point you can't fit any more uh, reports on the dashboard. Yeah. You can actually have extra reports as well. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, but the point is now you can do almost everything you could before. The only limitation is um, with HubSpot reports now, if you pay for it, and honestly, I don't know why you'd pay for it now. It's, it's kind of uh, stupid. They'll probably phase that out anyway. Um, you get more dashboards. Um, so yeah, so the next thing was, the next big thing was um, HubSpot marketing. So they're calling it HubSpot marketing 2.0. Some of, they've got updates for every single level of HubSpot marketing, um, every single level of that. The first one was HubSpot free. Um, what did you What did you think of that? What were your sort of takeaways from that, Tash? Well, I think it's a, it's a good alternative for people that or new new people that are smaller might not have the budget for HubSpot starter, let's say, or they just want to kind of taste test HubSpot. Maybe they're using a Mailchimp or something. Exactly. Yep. So the fact that they get free forms and the free conversations tool is definitely a really good start for them. And kind of um, yeah, offers that first taste of what HubSpot can offer. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I mean, you get for the free. I mean, you know, like you say, Tash. Like if you're not, if you're already using your marketing automation, you're not going to go down to this. But if you're not using it at all, it's a good taster. Um, you do get, like you say, you get forms, you get conversations. So for anyone not familiar with the HubSpot suite, conversations is their toolkit where you have live chat. So that you get live chat for free. Um, Team emails, so like uh, sort of one inbox where you have, you know, for one particular customer or prospect, all their correspondence with you, and uh, chatbots. Now, their chatbots, their free chatbots, they're okay. They're not, you know, they're not the, the best. They're not that advanced yet. But hey, if you're not using it, um, you don't know what you're missing out on. So it's a good place to start. So that's really awesome. So it's good to see HubSpot free. I mean, a lot of the, on the HubSpot free side, a lot of these changes had already been announced. Um, but I think where it really starts getting interesting is HubSpot Starter. So I do agree with this. I know this is obviously like a sales line, but I agree with HubSpot saying, you know, you want to get started right, right? So like the challenge of, a challenge a lot of businesses will face is they'll have a MailChimp, they might have a CRM, and they start cobbling together all these different products. So HubSpot is saying, look, we don't want you to do that. We want you to have, um, we want you to get started right. So on the HubSpot starter side of things, they have now uh, a new email builder. So you're able to build, drag and drop emails. You can send emails from HubSpot starter now. So again, I mean, this is something I see if someone's using a MailChimp and are not, they're not involved in the world of automation. This is one I'd sort of say, why wouldn't you move to something like uh, HubSpot starter? Um, so there's this really cool drag and drop interface and it's actually not, it's not the same as professional enterprise, but it's not a watered down version. HubSpot is adamant that they're testing, beta testing this in Starter, and they're actually going to move HubSpot Pro and Enterprise into this new drag and drop builder. So that's really awesome. Um, what else do you have on the HubSpot Starter site? So this is their first paid version of HubSpot marketing. What else you got there, Tash? Uh, lead capture. So those are those little pop-ins and slide-ins, uh, the tool there. That's been available for the Hub Starter package for a little while now, but those are also pretty cool lead gen uh, tools for your sites. Yeah, and then obviously, of course, the CRM. So this is kind of like their starter suite. Um, you get a bit of email, you get some lead capture, you get a little bit of, uh, I think, do you still see the activity? Like you still see 
Fantastic. Contacts, pages they're visiting. Yeah, as long as you've got that tracking code on the website, you sure will. Yep. So, okay, cool. So, as long as you've got them tracked on your yep. website, you'll still be able to see for the first time. And if you're not using any form of autom- automation, the ability, you see sales reps, they see this for the first time and they, they freaking freak out. <laughs> um, they can see that a contact visited their YS page, their pricing page, their product page. They came back five times. So, I think for $50 US a month or something, it's actually a pretty decent entry point. So there's that. And um, honestly, I think the higher you go, the more features that they've released. They're obviously trying to push some of their higher paid products. So the next one is, so you, okay, if you start from a hierarchy, you've got HubSpot free, you get conversations, you get forms. You have HubSpot starter, where they start feeding in an email tool and lead capture tools. And then you have HubSpot pro, which is honestly where the marketing automation really starts firing. Um, now, there is probably the biggest thing is HubSpot video. Now, I don't want to talk about this too much because we managed to get a guest uh, interview uh, with Marcus, which we'll share at the end of this. Um, but for the uh, for years, we've been saying, God, HubSpot, why don't you release a video hosting platform? Like, why don't you release a video tool? So finally, they have that. So some of the features and some of the, the executions of that we'll share momentarily. Um, of course, there's a reporting side of things. And uh, what else do we have? What else do we have in HubSpot Pro that... And one of one of the updates that um, I was super excited about was the association for importing. So I was mentioning to you early before. Yeah, that's because you do them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When um, you know, when we're importing clients' databases into HubSpot, quite often um, their data will come with you know contacts as well as deals, and then their deal stages. And in the past, multiple times, we've gone to import our data, and then remembered, oh, that's right. HubSpot doesn't automatically associate deals with the contacts. So we've either had to go through and manually associate those deals to contacts or just start from scratch. So that's been announced now that the import association um, is kicking off. And I know there's a couple of other, um, what's it called, uh, features with the importing association as well. This one was relevant to me because of the pain that I'd felt in the past. Importing. Import uh, and associate deals to contacts, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you say, for example, we, we felt this with, uh, you, I should say you felt this, <laughs> with when we did a uh, client from Zoho. So yes, we managed to yeah. move their contacts. Because, of course, you know, you've got the marketing side, but then you have the CRM side. We have deal stages mm-hmm. and, and opportunities and products. So that, that's awesome that you can do that now. Um, and, of course, we mentioned the HubSpot reporting side of things. So, you know, HubSpot Professional has the injection of HubSpot videos, HubSpot reporting, um, this whole import is a lot smarter, import yeah. association. And then we get to HubSpot Enterprise. So mm-hmm. admittedly, HubSpot has sort of said, and honestly, this we felt the same way. The only reason why you'd buy Enterprise, really, at the end of the day, was just a hack to get more contacts. So once you sort of get close to sort of 10,000 contacts, that's what Enterprise comes with. It made sense to get that. Sure, they had predict- predictive lead scoring. Um, sure, there's a couple of other little features there, but... Really, it was the contacts. But now I think, I don't know, it might have been 25 new features or something. It they was, said. Yeah, some crazy amount. Some crazy amount of features that they've, they've um, released. Well, what were, I know you had a couple of favourites. What did you like, Tash? Uh, well, I think what I really liked was the ability to have the multiple domains in there, but to be able to report on them separately. So again, in, in the past, we've had clients that have come through to us on enterprise accounts with 
three or four or I think it was max five domains. And the issue was is that the reporting was for all of that data cumulative as opposed to the different domains. So now there is that uh, feature to be able to report on separate domains. Right, okay, so if you were a client, um, so like for example, the education provider yeah. that we have and they have three or four different websites before that data was, the total data. Yeah. It wouldn't be for brand A, brand B, brand, B, brand C. Okay, awesome. It's filter now, so that filtering um, and analytical availability is heaps better. Right, and who do you think enterprises, just take a step back, who do you think enterprises for, uh, apart from the contacts, who does it suit? Like what kind of brand with multiple domains and stuff? What do you, what do you think? Um, it's definitely your larger businesses. So you were stepping away from the SMEs. In terms of, uh, I guess, who they'd fit. Multiple domains. Multiple domains. People well, so with maybe like parenting and child brand type of. Yep. Yep, which I think also leads into the content partitioning feature as well. So you can use Teams to segment assets in HubSpot, giving the right users access to the right uh, assets, essentially. So, for example, um, you know, say you are a brand that has multiple dom- multiple domains. Uh, maybe there's some landing pages you only want certain people to see. Maybe there's lists you want only certain people to see. Of course, you know, then there's contacts as well that you only want certain people to see so content partitioning doesn't only mean i guess the way as marketers we would see is as content content within hubspot anything i guess in theory in hubspot you can partition away from other teams okay so what else did we have what else did we have we had um I've, i found this was pretty interesting so the single sign-on um thing so that the ability to be able to like you know and who was it nicholas holland right spoke about the fact that even small companies they'll have 20 on average, 20 software as a, uh, as a SaaS, like they'll have 20 platforms that they're using. Mm-hmm. Larger companies will have a thousand. So single sign-on allows them, for example, to, they sign on just to their computer. And then from that, they can, of course, they're signing onto the internet, they're signing onto the email, but they could use that to sign on to HubSpot as well. So I think that's, that, that's pretty cool. It's a nice feature for some of those bigger enterprise clients. Um, I know they've got some... Uh, so teams which I guess is kind of like content petitioning so you can have like a sales division you know you might have sort of like sales Dublin you might have sales France uh, you know different product lines so you can have different teams as well and I guess that works very nicely with the content partitioning side of things different teams different content Um, you have slack so I think they've always been integrated with slack and I don't really understand too much what's happening there but I think you're, because now you have different teams, you can send them different Slack messages and notifications. I'm not sure if you picked up anything else that I did. Yeah, no, that's, that's about right. Being able to send those different messages to the different channels. So if it's a sales team, is services team. Yep, yep. A whole bunch of other stuff too. Um, just whatever I was about able to, I guess, pick up on. We had Facebook Messenger as well, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I, I, I feel like apart from enterprise, they're kind of pushing their own bot. But with enterprise, you're able to build... Facebook Messenger and even more complex Facebook Messenger bots. Uh, YouTube integration. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So this is kind of like one of those things. I mean, I mean someone was a smart ass and they said, oh, you know, how about, you know, why don't we have some of these in professional? Mm-hmm. And Nicholas actually had a pretty, you know, smart answer, which is funny, but also smart. He's like, well, you know, six months ago, you didn't have any of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you didn't have any of this. And I guess we have to, admittedly, we have to be able to build in features in enterprise to give it any value. 
you know, there has to be substantive value in a, a tier like enterprise. Um, and eventually these things get watered down anyway. But this is actually pretty cool. And I know a lot of people are going to miss this, people on pro. Um, but YouTube integration, to be able to see, you know, uh, your YouTube stats in HubSpot, to be able to be able to, be able to associate those two uh, contacts, which it's very, very fresh, but I'm guessing if it's in HubSpot, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see those stats for particular people. Uh, calculated properties, cool. which is really, really cool. Like, so for example, we've got, a child, this is how I understood, all right? So we've got a childcare client and, you know, I uh, think you can replace this with any other product. A child or a family will come on and their child might only be in care for two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. Um, they might be also another variable that will affect the price will be that they might be at center A, which is maybe in a very popular center versus center B, which may be not so popular. So there's a different rate there. So then all of a sudden you have family, you have number of days, you have what center they're at. Um, up until um, this feature called calculated properties, you probably couldn't easily come up with the revenue. You'd have to do some type of pull through to a spreadsheet, put a formula in there, then pull it back into a custom property in HubSpot. And it was just like so many extra steps that wasn't needed. And Whereas I, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. And I don't know even know if it's possible statistically. Like once you get, you know, five centers by five different um, pricing tiers, like, I mean, and then you have like another variable of how many days, like it would be a lot of data. To, messy. Yeah, it'd be very, very messy. And then you have to change it. So this is really, really cool. Um, I'll rattle through some of these really quickly. Um, uh, CMS membership which is, that's pretty cool. Like anyone listening who's got, uh, who wants gated content on the HubSpot side of things, mm-hmm. um, you want, you know, certain areas of the website, I guess that you don't want other people to see unless they're, they're members. CM, CMS membership is awesome. Now I know people are trying to hack other solutions before. Um, continuous testing, which is interesting. So the, the example that Nicholas gave was, you know, say for example, you can put in lead flow. So lead flows, you can have a pop-up, you can have a sliding from the left, a sliding from the right, a slide up, down, whatever, right? So as opposed to trying to pick one and testing it yourself, is you, you could just click continuous testing and it will test all the variables for you and it will give you the, the best performing statistical significant one. Mm-hmm. Awesome, like dummy proof. You just turn that on and, and that, I, I don't know, what different features you can use continuous testing for and of course it's very new um, but this unfortunately is an enterprise feature as well um, that's all I had Do you have anything else for enterprise there just having a quick look at my little notes here but no I think you've covered it all off maybe yeah and I think we had what else uh, I mentioned bots so the bot the level of customization this one applied to many people bots are still quite new um, but you can have a lot more customizable programmable bots uh, there's some email safeguards as well, which I don't remember what email safeguards were, so I'm going to skip over that now. Um, and of course, so the, the final, I guess, big thing today was um, HubSpot CMS. Now, this is kind of already, I wouldn't say leaked, it's kind of already been announced, but they really pushed it today. But you don't need to buy HubSpot Professional or a version of HubSpot Marketing and also the CMS anymore. You can buy it now standalone. So what are some of the features there, Tash? So this HubSpot CMS, uh, probably the main one, includes obviously building your website, landing pages, blog creations. But it also includes lead capture forms and calls to actions. You can use the smart content feature in there. You can use the conversations feature. 
And of course, with a lot of the CMS product, it comes with your included hosting and SSL, you know, domain manager, the content analytics behind it, obviously the template and the module marketplace. So that's just, you know, building those website pages out, content staging for when you're, you know, creating a new site and um, the database driven hub pages, so the hub DB. So pretty much everything that's available in the CMS. I think what uh, today in that session we went to, maybe what everyone was quite um, in awe about is that it actually includes landing pages and blog creation. Mm. So for the cost, I think it was 300 US per month, you get that HubSpot CMS including landing pages and blog creation. Yeah, and then of course the, the free CRM. So just just before I go back to my points there, I want to go back to, and I can't believe I had written this down. I just went into my phone now to find the photo of the slide, but email safeguards. Awesome. You know, you found I, it. Yeah, I found it. I found it. So what it was, was, okay. So, and that's what admittedly has done this. You know, when, you know, you send someone an email and they might be part of five other workflows, that's right, yeah. you know, like how do you stop them getting emails from every single workflow? Now there is a messy way to do it where you might say, okay, if they haven't, but I mean, it, after a while, you forget who is enrolled in what workflow. Yeah. You would have to know, you know, to avoid a scenario where they're getting five different emails in a week or a day, mm. you would have to know what other workflows they're a part of, which you could find out, but it's cumbersome. Then you have to go into the workflow and say, okay, if they get this email from this workflow, they don't get this one. But then you have to figure out which one they get. It's really, really messy stuff. So this is kind of funny. Like this is, this is something, it's one of those things like, why didn't they release this day zero? But so the idea here is you can cap the frequency. So for example, you might only say that, okay, I want the recipients to receive a set number of emails. The maximum number of emails per recipient is four per week. You can set that, for example, you might say, okay, maximum four per day, four per week, four per month, four per year. So all of a sudden you can frequency cap uh, based on month, year, week, day, and uh, also, you know, let them receive everything. Obviously, you still have that feature, of course, uh, but that I thought that was pretty cool. So, sorry, so back to your point there, Tash. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because it's like it's finally got to a point where, and, you know, even though they said, look, you know, it's not like we're trying to compete with WordPress. In a way, they kind of are because, you know, it's the WordPress is the most ubiquitous CMS there. Honestly, until today, until today, if you ask me what CMS should I go for, I'm a small, medium business, I would say WordPress. But today that's changed. And I would say WordPress because, you know, if you're, if you're a little bit techy, you can configure it to be faster than HubSpot. Um, there's a lot more applications you can plug into. There's a lot more developers you can find. Um, it's just more flexible. But now, like with the investment HubSpot has made on HubSpot DB, if you have a good, decent developer, they can code in HubSpot as well now. Um, the fact that you can just buy it on its own because often clients aren't, they're not ready for a website and marketing automation one here. So at Rependers, we often talk about, you know, clients are, you know, where are they in their marketing maturity model? And if they don't have a great website, of course, they need to focus on their website before they can, I guess, you know, crawl over to marketing automation. So that's cool. So, um, so like you said, so even though they're getting rid of HubSpot Basic, which had landing pages um, and it had a blog and it had all these other things you could email before, you can get away with, for example, and I think this is what they're trying to do, is move people to the CMS, you know, cobble together the CMS, then you have the free CRM. That's the other thing too you got to think about. When you get WordPress, you don't get a free CRM. So now with HubSpot, automatically you get a CMS, you get everything that you just mentioned, Tash, and you get the underpinning CRM all built in. 
Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. So any any sort of closing thoughts? What, what did you think, Tash? What, what's, what was sort of your takeaway from Partner Day? Look, I, I think these things are always pretty valuable. We're so heavily involved with HubSpot with a, quite a few of our clients um, that whenever we can be on top of what's what's new or what's happening for our clients, you know, when I when we go into these things, it's what I'm thinking of is how can I take this back to my my clients and make our processes better with the tools that we currently have. So I've definitely got some takeaways that I'm keen to get back to, um, yeah, our customers and implement some new things with some of these new tools. I definitely think that, yeah, enterprises just shot up in value so much more since, um, you know, earlier this year. But the, uh, look, I'm super excited to hear more about the video tool, that's for sure. On that note, perfect segue. So I, like I said, I thought we would leave it um, to the horse's mouth, and I mean that respectfully. Uh, Marcus, intelligent dude, he's part of the product team at HubSpot. So let's hear more about HubSpot video, finally, from the Marcus Andrews. I'm here with Marcus Andrews, who's from the product team at HubSpot, the product marketing team. Um, and Marcus, you did a presentation today at Partner Day on HubSpot video which I was probably like everyone else in the room thinking, oh my God, finally, you know, finally HubSpot released a video hosting platform, but I can see why it was worth the wait. Can you tell us a little bit about that first off? Yeah, so HubSpot video is really like the videoification of the HubSpot platform. So I think when we think about video, uh, we didn't want to just create a new app or a new product. We really wanted to take video and weave it throughout the all of the features inside of HubSpot. So across marketing, sales, and services, uh, we've brought video in different ways uh, to all those different tools. Awesome. So Okay, so that makes sense. It's hosted. It's inside HubSpot. Um, what are the obvious benefits of that? So obviously, if it's in the ecosystem, I'm guessing you can run workflows off of it. I know it's still very new, but what are some of the user cases? Yeah, so for marketers, the big thing is that they can ho- they can now host their video inside of HubSpot. And when they do that, they can take those videos, they can edit the metadata so that they're uh, optimized for SEO on their landing pages. In one click, they can insert those videos into blog posts, into landing pages. And when they do, they're going to have uh, these new embeddable CTAs and forms that they can take and they can put right into the video. So you could use a video to start generating leads, for instance. Uh, once they do that, you're, then they're going to see new video analytics on all of their different landing pages, all their different blog posts that have video. Um, and then they can also, like you said, use any engagement in those videos to trigger workflows, to build lists, to really create kind of more holistic marketing campaigns with video. Uh, and then also inside of the sales tools, sales teams are going to be able to use one-to-one video. So they can create a video right from the Go, Go Video uh, Vidyard browser plugin and then take that video and send it in an email directly to a prospect in sort of like a video um, like a video voicemail. Services teams are going to have that same functionality but in tickets inside Service Hub and also the ability to host videos inside of their knowledge base. So there's a, that's just the start. There's a ton, there's a ton there already, uh, and we're going to keep iterating that. There'll be a lot more uh, inside of HubSpot Video. So yeah. I mean, the fact that it's part of the system, I mean, incredible. And obviously, you reference Vidyard. Yep. Um, obviously, been plays in, in the video hosting kind of arena for a while, so that's really, really awesome. Um, you mentioned something today about moving away from big production, sort of thinking of video like that mindset of treating it as big production to something that's embedded in sales and marketing. So can you, I think you touched on it a second ago as, yeah. as an example, but can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I think a lot of teams think about video kind of the wrong way. They're looking at video and they think it's, oh, it's just, it's only for awareness. It has to be, you know, 
it's hard to do and it's a little intimidating, so let's outsource it to an agency that's going to cost a lot of money, that's going to take a lot of time. And what happens when they do that is they usually walk away with, you know, one or two good videos that they create a year, but they're often kind of like mediocre, right? You know, they're okay, they're good, but they're not that interesting at the and end. And you can't use them. It's like a YAS video and a, yeah, like totally, a process video. Totally. Yeah. They're, they're old after a little bit. Um, and, like, you know, there's still a time and place for, like, high-value, higher-production videos. But what people are really interested in and what people are gravitating towards is more casual videos that are, you know, unscripted, that are kind of like this, that are just quick and easy and conversational. And those types of videos can be made by anybody. They can be made by your sales team, your marketing team, your service team. Uh, and they really draw people in, especially if they're high, the more personal and more authentic they are, the more they'll resonate. And like those are the types of videos that there's a big opportunity for a ton of businesses to create those and really stand out. So quick example, if you don't mind, one uh, maybe service example yeah. and one maybe sales example as well for anyone who hasn't really engaged in that type of video. Yeah, so I mean for service teams, like, uh, I, I think an easy way to think about it is that you know if, you, if a customer has a really hard problem, you can send them a long email with lots of links that's you know really long, and they will probably not read it at all, right? Or you can send them a short two-minute video where you share your screen, and not only will they watch that video, but they'll also share it within different people inside of their organization. Um, so video in the service process can be a just transformational. It can be huge, really help your customers. And then the sales process, you can really do the same thing. So maybe... You're prospecting. Instead of sending, instead of cold calling or sending an email, you can send a short video. You get to show your face. You get to show you're excited. You really get to bring a lot of energy to that, which can really translate to people paying closer attention. Uh, and also, if you've just had a you know a really good call with a uh, you know maybe it's a short call, maybe a half an hour call with a prospect or something like that, sending a personalized video that says, "Hey, you know, Marcus, thanks for taking the time. I looked at your site and I learned these things about them." Will really resonate with people because you took the time to do that. Um, so those are just two ways that our team at HubSpot uses videos, like that I've talked to lots of sales and service teams that are using video, and that's kind of how they're thinking about it. That cut through, that's that's just amazing. Yeah. And the fact that it's in the system and you'll be able to see if they actually watched it, right. exactly. amazing stuff. So we can't wait to see what you guys do with it. Um, by the time this goes out, I, it will be live. HubSpot video will be live. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.